Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. How are you? Thank you for joining me. I hope that you're breathing pain-free, moving pain-free. I hope that uh, you're tuned in to your, your feet and to your knees, your hips. Hope you're able to take a big inhale and then exhale. Thank you for being here with me again, right? And and big thanks for sharing the episodes. Where I mean, we're at a, over a hundred thousand downloads. We're moving so closely to two hundred thousand. I'm super excited uh, about the fact that our community is growing and building and that you're a part of that. So thank you so much. Uh, today is Saturday, March 20th. Uh, my birthday was March 18th. My, my mom, my sister, my nephew, they all flew in. We hung out. We ate food. My mom ate pistachio ice cream, which is her favorite. She got her 10,000 steps in, which is her second favorite. <laughs> She's all about getting the steps in every day. And and now they've left, and the house feels a little empty. Empty is not the word. Quiet. Yeah, quiet. Uh, almost to the point where I don't want to leave the house because I'm enjoying the quiet of the house. Uh, but And at the same time, looking forward to them coming back. So, uh, But thank you for all the birthday wishes that I received. I really appreciate it. Turn 45. I'm feeling strong. I woke up early that morning excited and uh, ate. My, my girlfriend, Michelle, made made me a, a, a chef, uh, not a chef, a vegan, keto, gluten-free cake. I know. It, there's, there's like, you're like, okay, will a vegan cake be okay? Sure. Will a gluten-free cake taste good? Sure. Will a keto t- cake taste all right? Yeah. But to have a vegan, gluten-free keto cake, there's just no way that that's going to be tasty. And I have to tell you, it was incredible. It was so delicious, very yummy. My mom, my mom, who was from the Caribbean, ate almost half of it. I think she forgot it was my birthday and my birthday cake. But you know what? Uh, in a lot of cultures, the... Mom is celebrated on the birthday also because, I mean, she did all the work. You know what I mean? So, um, but Chef Lindsay was uh, the one who made it, and it was incredible. So shout out to Chef Lindsay. Thank you for making that. Um, But today I'm going to talk about uh, two things. One, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what I do on my birthday, how I use it to reflect. And then we get into the main part of it, which is, the 10 takeaways from the book Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. It's a fictional book, but uh, he writes with such incredible insights into human behavior. And, you know, he talks, his book uh, Anxious People covers uh, the themes of suicide, uh, relationships, love, family, parenthood, drug addiction. Uh, it's just an incredible read. I couldn't put it down. I would have read it all in one day, but I had the parents and, you know, I had my mom, the family in town. Um, so, but before I get into the 10 takeaways, 
and quotes from Frederick Bachman's Anxious People. Um, I just want to share with you uh, some of the internal things that I did on my birthday. One of the things I do is I like to write down how I've improved through the birthday year, right? How did I, uh, I don't want to say improve, but got better. How did I get better? How did I get better physically? I improved my hip mobility uh, and shoulder mobility. How did I improve emotionally? Uh, I definitely got better at expressing my needs and wants and feelings and, and being aware of that. How did I improve mentally? You know, I'm taking Spanish classes and practicing guitar and, and learning more songs. Um, how, do, how have I improved socially? I've started a men's group. I, I reached out to people. And uh, how did I improve? Uh, there's one more mentally I, I forget but but basically I go through the physical oh financially you know being able to save money put that away start putting money into uh, um, uh, stocks just a little bit because I you know I really don't trust it enough to be like gambling I'm not a day trader I'm just creating something for a long term like tw- I just put a little bit in every month the same day every month and then forget about it. I put it into an index fund and and set set it and forget it, right? Um, so I like to look at and how did I improve in those different areas physically, uh, financially, socially, spiritually. Oh yeah, spiritually, you know, I meditated emotionally and mentally. Um, and then I like to write down my year's accomplishments. Like what did I get done? You know, celebrating the, the over 100,000 uh, podcast downloads. I booked my first commercial. I've been <laughs> auditioning for commercials since 2002. And 20 years in, I finally booked my first commercial, which we start uh, uh, next week. I uh, go in for, uh, we, we start shooting next week. Yeah, the end of March. So, you know, what a pleasant, you know, early birthday gift for me. I completed a five-peak hiking challenge. And, I, you know, I just I had, you know, I'm just listing all the things that I accomplished. Because we forget how much we've done. You know, it's easy to look back at the pains and tragedies and, and traumas of the past year and forget about all the triumphs and, and victories and ways that we've moved forward and the connections that we've made with people. Uh, I also like to also wrote down the books that I've read and listened to. I think there was about about 15, between 15 and 20 books that I read and uh, about 12 books that I listened to uh, throughout the year. And then I wrote down uh, my friends who passed away. You know, I, I lost a couple friends to COVID and family members, uh, you know, to natural causes. And I also realized, you know, I look back to my journal of last year, I wanted to call one new person every day. And I, oh, actually, that was at the beginning of COVID. I was like, you know, I, I didn't want to feel detached from anyone. So I was like, I'm going to call one new person a day. And I, I forgot about that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to call one new person every day. But I'm definitely going to be intentional about reaching out because I have a million people on my phone. And I'm like, who are these people? 
and and do they still care? So I'm going to be proactive and and try to reach out to people. And, and, you know, I called a friend yesterday who I haven't talked to since March of last year, and we had an incredible conversation. And so super stoked to hang out with him and his family. And uh, they're up there in Vegas, uh, so shout out to them. But, yeah, so, I, you know, I like to do that. And uh, and also for my birthday, there's, a, you know, I was born in 1976. I like to listen to the music from that year because, you know, music really shapes us. We, we talk about environment and household and parents and all these different things that shape us, but so does music. The music you grew up to, the music that was in your household, the music your parents played, your friends played, that you heard at the club, um, and, and, and all that music, it shapes us in, in different ways. So, uh, you know, Misty Blue, I don't know if you remember that song, Miss, I forget, I'm not even going to try, try. <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt to sing it, Mr. Blue. But yeah, so it was, it was super cool to hear, uh, you know, songs from the year I was born. And, and to, to explore the people who share your birthday, Dane Cook, Adam Levine, Queen Latifah, these are all people who have my birthday. So it, it makes you feel connected. Uh, to other people also. All right, so let's get into anxious people and the 10 quotes or takeaways that I got from Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. And none of this is going to ruin the book for you. I'm not, there are no spoilers. If you haven't read this book or if you're not aware, it's basically about a bank robber, uh, a bank robbery that goes south. He, he tries this person tries to rob a bank, and um, you know, of course, as I'm recording, I, I think the, the um, trash truck is pulling up. But uh, he tries to rob a bank. It goes south, ends up taking hostages, and the hostages uh, start to come together. You know, and um, their, their stories become intertwined. You know, these are, are seemingly uh, separate strangers, and then we find out. Um, how they are connected in, in so many beautiful ways. And I cried at the end of this book, Anxious People. So here are the 10 takeaways. Uh, number one, he says uh, in the book, no one gets ruined by losing. You get ruined by trying to win back the money lost. And that resonated with me because, I, you know, so much energy is spent on trying to win back money trying to win back sleep right if you if you're not sleeping well during the week or getting enough sleep you end up finding yourself binge <laughs> you end up finding yourself binge sleeping during the weekend and then your whole circadian rhythm gets thrown off right the, the whole thing goes down the hill and then uh, come the week you're 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 still not on track. You're sleeping sporadically. Uh, we try to get back time lost, right? Maybe we felt like we lost time with our, our friends, our siblings, whoever. We try to get that back, and we can't. We can't get it back. We just have to accept what's been lost and look at where we are now and then move forward from there. Um, but to, and, and, and trying to get back love, right? A lot of us have, have had some 
unrequited love. And we're trying to get back that love, the, the way it used to be. And you can't, right? It's like, you know, when you when you first meet someone, there's there's so many different hormones and chemicals flooding the system, and we're infatuated that we're trying to get that back. And you can't because the no hit is as great as that first hit. You know, I realized that with weed. The first time I smoked weed, it was incredible. The the weed the I did an edible the first time I did an edible oh I loved every minute of it and I tried it a few more times after and I have to say couldn't get it back it it was nothing was like that first time and once I realized I was trying to chase that first high I let it go I was like this isn't this isn't for me I'm never going to get that that feeling back. It's never going to give that to me. I'm going to have to seek out other areas. And by the way, it's okay to be bored, you know, and I and this isn't this isn't one of the 10, but you know, he talks about on the board that you know, nobody wants to be bored anymore. We don't just want to sit around and meander. You know, that's one of the great things about having my mom here is you know, we just went down to the harbor, to the water, and we just walked. You know, we weren't trying to go anywhere. We are just being outside, enjoying the breeze. And in my head, I'm like, but that's boring. And But then as the longer I was out there, the more I was like, oh, it's peaceful. It's tranquil. Everything doesn't have to be exciting, right? So uh, I want to repeat, number one, no one gets ruined by losing. We get ruined by trying to win back the money lost. So ask yourself if there's anywhere in your life where you're trying to win back the way things were, the, the way you felt before, versus just accepting the way things are. Number two, uh, it's easier to talk about work when you don't have words for anything else. And this is important because a lot of us do talk about work. You, you go to a meeting, they go, hey, what do you do? What do you do for work? And it sounds very off-putting, but really it's an entryway for most of us to then hopefully be able to get to some deeper, meaningful conversation besides work. You know, in Japan, they actually introduced themselves by their job first. You know, they'll be like, hi, I'm a CEO of such and such. Uh, my name is, you know, Leo Flowers versus my name is Leo Flowers. So they, they put their their job first. And if you think about how people introduced themselves back in the day, they introduced themselves through family affiliation. It was like, you know, I am Leo, son of of Leon and Marilyn and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, uh, farmers of the, and then it would be like location and, and all those things, which is, I, which I think is a pretty efficient way of introducing yourself, right? Just, just who are your parents? Give me your social security number. Where are you from? What school did you go to? Do you have any warrants? 
have you been vaccinated? Just give me all that right up front, and then I, I know what we're working with, right? Um, so I, I love that. It's easier to talk about work. And, and I bring this up, too, because I think a lot of times, especially in this climate, a lot of people like to talk about politics, and I know we get turned off by it. But I also think that whether we're talking about work or we're talking about politics or, you know, sports, what we're really talking about is emotions. And what I mean is, you know, I have a friend who uh, was asking me about Biden and China, and I was like, oh, what's going on? She's like, you don't read the news? And I was like, no, I'm reading a lot of books right now. Uh, yeah, because currently I'm reading Huey P. Newton's uh, Revolutionary Suicide, which is a, which is a uh, has uh, which is an incredible read. I just want to sit and read it all day. But anyway, uh, my friend is like, well, "Don't you want to know what was going on in the news?" And I was like, "No, because at the end of the day, um, what you really care about is emotions." Because she felt like because I didn't read the news that I wouldn't be able to have a discussion about the news and or politics and you, we can still have a discussion because what if I'm listening to you what I'm going to pick up is your emotion about the subject you know because she was talking about oh you know uh we oh it was uh U.S. and Russia and she was like yeah we put Russia in their place and I was like wow so you know you you it sounds like you feel a lot safer now she was like yeah I do feel safer because we put them in their place. Democracy's been restored, and et cetera, et cetera. And so then we just start talking about, you know, democracy and what does that mean. So I don't have to read the news to have a conversation about the news because really, when people say, "Don't you read the news?" or "Don't you follow politics or sports?" what they're really saying is, "Well, I I, I want to, to to share something with you." And I feel like I can if you haven't read it, but the truth is we can still have a conversation about it, about the elements of it, um, if I'm listening to you, uh, to your emotive uh, vocabulary, meaning if I'm able to pick up on how you feel about it. Do you feel safe? Do you feel scared? It sounds like you're frustrated by the, the whole political uh, uh, games that are being run or it sounds like um, you're a bit excited about our, the new, uh, you know, NATO plan, or you know, the, the the global climate change initiative. So if I can pick up on your emotions, that's all that has to be done to have a conversation. So um, that's why a lot of people start off with work, right? Like people talk about work or politics or sports, but I just have to hear your enthusiasm. For just like when a little kid is like, look at what I've done. Um, I, I don't really have to know what the kid drew. <laughs> I just have to pick up on the fact that they're excited and go, oh, that's amazing. You know, and that's all we want as adults is somebody going, like, oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's so exciting. All right, so number two is it's easier to talk about work when you don't have words for anything else. Number three, there's a, a part in the book where a therapist is talking to a client about flare-ups and how to handle their anger, right, when they feel like uh, they've been wronged by someone. And the therapist asked them, you know, to, to, to ask themselves three questions. Uh, did you feel like there was intentional harm to you personally? That's one. 
Two, do you know all the facts? And three, uh, anything to gain from the conflict? And I love these questions because a lot of times if our friend doesn't call us back or they say something that hurts us, uh, we, we immediately think it was personal that they did it intentionally. And instead of getting clarity and being like, hey, you know, that hurt. I don't know if that was your intention, uh, but we're afraid to say something hurts. But we, how do they know unless we, we share that? Um, and two, do you know all the facts? You know, sometimes your friend uh, didn't call you because their phone died or, you know, God forbid they were in a car accident. There are just so many reasons why something didn't work out as according to plan. And three, do you have anything to gain from the conflict, right? If you, it's like, does this need to be a, a major issue uh, for you? Is it, is it worth the battle or is it something that maybe you, we need to let go of and, and move on? So I, I like those three questions. Was there intentional harm to you personally? Do you know all the facts and do you have anything to gain from the conflict? Uh, the fourth takeaway from anxious people is, and I love this one, a person who is drowning doesn't look like they're drowning. And I never thought about that. Because I've watched YouTube videos, uh, uh, don't ask me why, I was in a very dark place, of people drowning. <laughs> uh, because I'm fascinated because a lot of times they're not even in the middle of the ocean. A lot of times they're close to shore, the water's waist high, and then some undercurrent comes and <laughs> takes them away. Um, or a huge wave knocks them off a rock. They're like out there on a peninsula trying to take photos. And, and, and it's so quick. Like you don't, they, you, you never, because you never hear them yell for help. Um, they, they aren't waving. They're just drowning. They just, they just sink. And a lot of us are drowning metaphorically. And we, are wondering why no one is picking up on the cues. Or maybe you've known somebody who is in great pain and you're wondering why you didn't pick up on the cues. And it goes back to this point of people who are drowning don't look like they're drowning. It's very, it's a, it's, it ha, it's a very quiet thing. It's not like in the movies. There's not a lot of flailing. In movies, the kids kicking and screaming, and uh, but in reality, it's a it's a very quiet thing from a distance, at least, and and you can't tell uh, when someone is drowning. So don't beat yourself up if you didn't recognize someone being in pain around you, and and don't be upset with others who aren't able to see that you're in pain. This is why we have to communicate with each other and, and really take the chance in being vulnerable. And I know it's hard because you've been hurt before and you've opened yourself up. And when you have, you're, you know, you're ashamed for it by your parents or people who should have cared for you. But we have to keep showing up for ourselves and for our emotions. Uh, number five, loneliness is when you feel like no one else is walking beside you to your destination. Whew. 
that one, that one stung. And you know, what's remarkable about that one is how it, even if you're walking towards your destination is uh, like you're going in for surgery and you know, nobody's showing up for the surgery or you're going through a divorce and you feel like you're going through that alone. But it could also be through your triumphs, you know? Um, maybe you get a promotion. And so now you're moving up in a company, but that means that, you know, you have to leave your friends behind, the other employees, your colleagues. They don't get to come with you to that nice, cushy office. Your office is way, way off in a corner. It's a beautiful view. But not a not but not a view of your your colleagues of your community. Now now you're being left out of the, the happy hours and and all those things. Or or maybe you know you you quit your job, and now you're starting your own business and 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 it's just you, and and that's painful um, also to feel like you're growing this business and this company, but you don't have your friends and and family or or other coworkers uh, to go on this journey with you, or people that you have a history with to go on that journey with you. So, um, you know, I, I try to keep a team of people around me and also, you know, share my journey. I, I've, I've mentioned before that I've had some, uh, I have some plaque buildup in my heart. Uh, we caught it early enough, and the doctor said I should go plant-based. And I was, I'm angry at I was going to say I was angry. No, no, I'm still angry. <laughs> I'm sad. I'm grieving because, you know, this whole plant-based thing, I've, I've done it before. I was a vegan for three years, and I was really enjoying, uh, you know, eating beef and steak and, and all those things again. And now I feel like it was taken away from me. What's made this journey, this new journey, um, more palatable is the fact that now Michelle is going plant-based also, and she's a big uh, beef eater. So I, I feel like I have uh, an ally, someone who I'm aligned with. And then I also posted it on Facebook, the, the whole journey and what's been going on with me health-wise and the amount of support I've gotten from people and, and the feedback and things like that. And to find out that some of my other friends are experiencing similar situations and and so now we are uh, learning about each other's journey it's been remarkable it feels beautiful and and i don't i don't feel alone in it i think the loneliness is when we we feel a pain or excitement and we think that others uh won't care about how we feel whether it's good or bad up up or down right number six from anxious people um uh six takeaway is he says antidepressants, people who are on antidepressants don't miss the highs, which I thought people on antidepressants did miss the highs. Uh, what they miss are the cries. That's right. They, they miss the ability to feel sad. Oh, my God. Like, I, I, it would have been, <laughs> I it would have been awful for me to read anxious people get to the end where I cried and then didn't cry, but knowing that I should cry, or you know, uh, sleepless in Seattle, um, or Titanic, I just like the ability to cry is is so amazing and underrated that uh, 
I, I didn't I didn't know that. I, I mean, I don't know if it's factually true. It is a fiction, but um, he seems to be a person who is well versed in uh, uh, anxiety and mental health because the author himself struggles with anxiety. So I'm going to take his word for it, and and it makes sense. It's like because at the end of the day, it's like we want to feel. Yeah, nobody wants to feel pain, but we do want to feel. And, oh, a good cry is just refreshing and rejuvenating. And there's something cleansing about a good cry. So, uh Now, if you're on antidepressants, that doesn't mean that you should get off your antidepressants. But especially now with spring coming up, and we know that statistically speaking, uh, there's an increase in suicides in the spring because uh, it messes up people's sleep cycle. It does two things happen. It messes with our sleep cycle, one. And two, people try to get off their meds uh, around spring. And so now you have a change in your circadian rhythm happening and a change um, in your medication and your body's response to it. And that, and that can be a recipe for a disaster. That's too many transitions happening at once. So, uh, so be mindful of your sleep. Really uh, drill down on that. And, you know, don't get off your meds uh, in the spring. Stay on it. Um, and, and just wait until, you know, September, October. Uh, number seven from anxious people, you don't have to lead by telling other people what to do, but by letting them do what they're capable of. I love that. Yes, every now and again, you do have to tell somebody what to do, especially if you have kids. However, if you just let kids be, they, they will signal to you, and be drawn to things that they are really into, whether uh, it's it's drawing or uh, playing an instrument or uh, coloring or playing or sports. Uh, just, you know, in, instead of always, us always trying to control a situation, let's observe the situation for a while and see what happens. See, see if it really will get as chaotic as we think. Find out if there really will, it, it will get as messy as we believe it will be. Let's take the chance on that. We don't have to lead other people by telling them what to do, but by letting them do what they're capable of. When uh, you read about Steve Jobs and um, Titan, who's that? John D. Rockefeller, all these top CEOs, they hired people and then just let them figure out what they're going to do. People who are go-getters, who are proactive, who want to be valued, who uh, want to be a part of the team, they will find something to make, they will find a way to make themselves useful. My mom was here for, you know, almost two weeks. And as soon as my mom got here, she started, you know, cleaning and wiping things down and putting stuff away and, uh, you know, folding clothes. She immediately, you know, rolled her, not, not that our place is filthy, but she was looking for ways to contribute to be of service, to, to, to show her value. And so we, we don't always have to tell people what to do, but just have room. And even for yourself, if you feel like you're being bossed around a lot, 
um, you know, that's sometimes when people say they need space, sometimes it's just space to, to find out what I'm capable of. Like, listen, I understand that uh, you want things done a certain way. However, I like to find out what I'm capable of. I, I like to see what I do, how I operate, how I respond to things. And, and then if I need help, I'll, I'll reach out if, if things get to a certain threshold or to a certain boundary or uh, then, then I'll reach out and, and connect with you. But uh, let, let's give each other you know, a, a little space to, to be messy. Leave some room at the top, as I like to say, you know. Uh, number eight, I love this one. He says, uh, listen a lot, talk a little, laugh as much as possible. Oh, I love that. Listen a lot, talk a little, laugh as much as possible. Now, this is great in a, in a conversation um, with people to listen a lot, talk a little, laugh as much as possible. In therapy, obviously, or if you're going through some things, then maybe you want to talk a lot or uh, not even talk a lot, but uh, just hold space with someone. But I love that. Listen a lot. Talk a little. Because a lot of times in a, in a conversation, especially two ways, a lot of arguments stem from both sides trying to talk so much and share all the things and, and get it all. Let's get it all out there on the table. All right, so uh, let's rein that in. Let's listen a, a lot. Let's talk a little and laugh as much as possible. Because no matter what the situation is, we can find a we can find a joke or two in there. We can find some levity, right, to remind ourselves um, that uh, this this is ridiculous. We, although it does need to be addressed, uh, we don't have to be so stoic. Uh, and, and serious about it. Um, and, and they even talk about in the book of you want to marry someone who's funny because that that marriage will last forever, but not beautiful because beauty does not. <laughs> beauty does not last forever. Uh, number nine. All right. Number nine is we're looking for something to cling on to fight for and look forward to. I love this because it's a way of reminding ourselves that, hey, what am I looking forward to? We get so caught up in a right now and, and just trying to survive that, you know, it's, it's fun and it's healthy to think about the future and what the next steps are. What are you looking forward to? What are you clinging on to? What's that piece of you uh, that, you know, that, that you want to hold on to. You can't, you can't take everything with you, right? Not all the time. Um, so, sometimes you have to let some things go. We, uh, so, you know, maybe we uh, uh, got fired or lost our job, and so uh, you can't take all the things with you. you. You get a small box. What are you going to put in that tiny box? What are you going to cling on to? And then what are you going to fight for, right? What are you fighting for? What, 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 what's the purpose of, of what you're doing. Are you fighting for family, for friends, for peace, uh, for the company, for, uh, you know, um, human rights, civil rights? What, what are you fighting for? What, what's the big picture here? And, and then what are you looking forward to? What, what's that area that uh, uh, kind of lets the air out, kind of lets you relax and kick back? What are you, what are you looking forward to? Or, or who are you looking forward to? However you need to phrase that, but 
or it's something that you're going to cling on to. You're like, I'm taking this. It's something you're going to fight for. And then what are you looking forward to? What's, what's going to be fun? What's going to be fun for you? Um, and then number 10 uh, is he has a story in the, in the early of the book, in the early of the book, <laughs> early in the book um, about a guy who standing on a bridge and uh, maybe he's going to jump. Maybe he's not. I can't tell you that. You have to read the book. And, and the guy's talking about how he's tried to be the perfect father. And, you know, he, he got the nine-to-five job, two kids, wife, house, all of that. And, and then now it's feeling like he's losing all of it uh, due to a, a financial crisis. And as he's talking, you, you realize that, it, you know, he spent a lot of time pretending, pretending that he's had it all together, pretending that everything is okay, pretending that there's no issue, uh, he'll figure it out. Instead of being vulnerable and sharing and, and being open with his wife, with the kids, about what was really happening, and and tr- he was trying to hold on to this perfect facade, this this image he had of himself of what a man does, and and what a family man does, and who that's supposed to be, and really, if if we're thinking about what a man is, a man is someone who will fight for his family, and that fight could look like could come in the form of being vulnerable. Right, I'm I'm sharing with you what um, what I'm scared of, what we're going through, because uh, I'm I'm fighting for us, and if I don't share this with you, I'm gonna implode. I'm I'm not gonna make it. And so, if if you right now are trying to maintain this perfect facade of of what a a ch- uh, a good child is, or a good boyfriend, or a good father, or a good wife, um, or a good employee, and or a good student, and 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 then you you hit a place where you need help, you need assistance. You can't do it by yourself. You can't. Go it alone. Reach out. Share your story. Cry. Feel all the feelings. And know that it's part of the human experience. It's part of humanity to rise and fall to suffer to struggle to feel decimated defeated disparaged it's part of 
human story. It's what connects us. And the beautiful thing is, and I forget where I got this quote from, but winter never follows winter. Winter never follows winter. Pain never follows pain. In Anxious People, Frederick Bachman says, spring always finds a way back to us. It always does. It, it may be brief. It may be quick. It may not be long enough. But it finds its way back. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. Please go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Uh, if you're someone who is trying to maintain that perfect facade at work, you got it. It looks like you have it all together. The money, the house the job, the career. But at home, you feel alone. And like it's all meaningless. Go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you going to get help. For you calling the 1-800-SUICIDE or 1-800-273-TALK or uh, if you are international, which a, a lot of a lot of you are, a lot of you are international. So that right there lets me know that what we are talking about, what we're feeling and experiencing, is is global. It's global. No matter what language you speak, it's global. All those numbers are listed in the show notes. You can talk. You can chat. Facebook groups. Let's get to tomorrow together.